thanks for dialing into our podcast. We're the Light Church Bradford here in Yorkshire, England, a church committed to following Jesus and loving our city back to life again. We truly hope and pray this week's message helps you and encourages you on your journey, especially in these really challenging times. So this morning we're going to be starting a new sermon series and Rachel is going to be kicking us off with it. So um, let's pray for Rachel before she starts. Okay. Yeah, Father God, we just thank you so much for this inspiring, passionate woman of God that is before us, Lord. And I just pray that she would know, yeah, just how much you are for her and with her as she explains and inspires us with this section of Ezra's story from the Bible, Lord. In your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It is great to be here and see so many people. What a lovely atmosphere. Can anyone just, it's a lovely atmosphere, isn't it? It's just the presence of God, I think, and the peace and the joy and the power that that brings. So as Josie said, we're starting a new series. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at the books of Ezra and the books of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And I really encourage you that in between these weeks, Read them, go through them in your own time with God. Just digest them and see how God speaks to you because there is so much good content in there for us to learn. Um, so we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna cover all of that and really feeling that the Spirit of God just has a work to do here today and in the next weeks in our individual lives, but also as a church family. So I wanna ask you, If a close friend or a family member said to you, oh, God's told me to build something. They said, oh, God's told me to build something. I've had a prayer time with him. He's told me to build a little pile of stones in the garden. And as a family, we're going to go and sit there and we're going to remember what Jesus has done over Easter. You'd be like, oh, that's such a lovely idea. That's amazing. What a great thing to do with all your family. What if your close friend said to you, I spent some prayer time with God and God's told me to build a massive community centre in the centre of town and it's going to serve the poor and care for the broken and all of those and I'm going to build it from scratch. You'd be like, great, that's really ambitious. But if God said that, go for it. You'd kind of be like, wow, that's a, whoa. What about a national prayer landmark? To the glory of God, made up of a million bricks, each one inscribed with the details of an answered prayer. You'd be like, did you hear that right? Like, are you being serious? That is massive. But take a look at Richard Gamble. So we've got a picture on the screen. Some of you might have come across this guy already. But 17 years ago... God gave Richard the idea to do exactly that. And he and his team are just over halfway to funding the Eternal Wall of Prayer National Monument, which is going to be built in Birmingham by 2023. And there are two things that when we were thinking about this next few weeks and this series that the Holy Spirit just nudged me with really key for where we're at in our journey as a church and the first one is just that sense of who comes up with that idea on their own 
it's totally a Holy Spirit thing, isn't it? And I think it's completely God-given and it's wonderfully big and bold. And if you consider in Richard's words, so if you go on the website and check it out, there's a bit that just says, we're doing a number of things that have never been done before globally. Then it's also a bit like Holy Spirit bonkers as well, isn't it? But there they are, their team are building this massive national prayer monument. And the second thing that stood out is that there is absolutely no blueprint for these guys to follow. No one's ever been called to the exact same thing. But yet out of obedience to the King of Heaven, they are pioneering and they're building and they're stepping out. And it's all to the glory of God. And I just think, I wonder if in two years, in five years, in 10 years time, as a church, we'll look back on autumn 2021 and we'll realise how significant this moment is in our church history. And throughout the whole year, we really believe that God has been speaking to us consistently as a church time and time again so let's have a little reminder so in January we really felt God saying abide with me I think we've got this on the screen guys so these guys can follow it abide with me sit in my presence we've heard him say from Psalm 23 let me refresh your soul apart from me you can do nothing In March, he was telling us to fix our eyes on him above all the other stuff that's going on. Get your focus up. Get your perspective up. April, May and June, he started to teach us and coach us, emerge brighter. Come out of the pandemic as a worshipper and not as a cynic. And then in July, August, because he's such a loving father, He reminded us of the story of the Israelites as they come out of Egypt on their journey and he told us that he is a God of all of our journeys and he journeys with us no matter what that feels like. And then we've got this amazing moment that we're in now, September, October, November, where he is massively blessing us and he is saying, I am with you for where you're going next. And if you can look at that list of different things and all the things that God's been speaking to us and you know the Spirit of God has been nudging you but you still haven't done anything about it, then you're allowing yourself to be less than what God has called you to be in this season and for where we're going next. Just let that land. God is in the business of doing work in our hearts and spirits because he's preparing us all the time for where he's leading next. And we stand in a moment, don't we, where loud and clear God has said, he is with us. He is with us for where we're going and he's demonstrated amazing provision so that we can buy and refurbish this building. And so over the next three weeks, as we focus on Ezra and Nehemiah, we're going to be celebrating that amazing miracle of all that that God has poured in. And we're going to be studying God's amazing miracles in those books. And we're going to take a look at how this whole nation rallied together to build for where God was leading them. And we know, don't we, that we are all temples of God's spirit and we all come together to use this place as a tool for God's kingdom 
And that requires committing our time and our energy and our regular finances because we care about discipleship making and we care about that city out there. So let's take a closer look at Ezra and Nehemiah. I'm just going to pray for us again as we read this scripture. God, would you speak to us through your word? Thank you for it, God. Thank you that it teaches and corrects and inspires us. In Jesus' name, amen. So here are Ezra and Nehemiah, and they were both hugely influential people, leading God's people into a new season and showing them how to get ready and prepare and build. And we heard a few weeks ago, if you guys were here when Matt was speaking about Solomon's temple for the God for God he made this first awesome temple about a thousand years before Jesus came into the world and the people celebrated and worshipped and it was just this massive thing but over the years as the people turned away from God as they excluded God from what they were doing they left themselves open to attack And about 586 years before Jesus came, King Nebuchadnezzar invaded the lands, obliterated the temple, and literally carried off this group of people, this Jewish nation, into exile. And the Jewish people stayed in exile for decades, crying out to God. And then at around 538 BC, God starts to stir something in them. He starts to prepare them for a new season, to build and rebuild and step out for him. So this is scripture from chapters 1, 2, and 3 in Ezra. And it says, In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord stirred up the spirit of the king so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom. God has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem. Whoever is among you of all his people, let him go up to Jerusalem and rebuild the house of the Lord. And let each survivor, in whatever place he's been temporarily placed, be assisted by the locals with everything you need for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred, to go up and rebuild the house of the Lord. Some of the heads of the families, when they came to the house of the Lord, made free will offerings, and according to their ability, gave to the treasury 61,000 darics of gold, 500 minas of silver, and 100 priest garments. And when the seventh month came, the people gathered as one man to Jerusalem and they built the altar of the God of Israel. And in the second year, after the coming to the house of God in Jerusalem, in the second month, they made a beginning. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests came to praise the Lord and they sang praising and giving thanks. And all the people shouted with a great shout, when they praised God. But many of the old men who had seen the first house, the first temple, wept with a loud voice. And when they saw the foundation of this house being laid, although many shouted for joy, so that many shouted for joy so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout. And the sound was heard far away. 
So we see, don't we, in these chapters that the Spirit of God stirs. That's what happened first. And when the Spirit of God stirs, it inspires action. Remember that phrase right at the beginning of Genesis. It talks about the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. And that is what's happening in our church. That's what's happening right now here as we've worshipped and as we press into this word together. The Spirit of God is here and hovering. And as a leadership team, all year we've been sensing that stirring and we've been drawn into deeper prayer and seeking God. This sense that the Spirit of God is leading to something not just in our church, but in the UK church. And back in February, we asked some of you if you would take part in a couple of focus groups we were running just to press into and seek God together around this idea of where is the spirit leading and what should church look like? And it's a response to that stirring in our spirits of what is God doing here? What is God asking for us as a church? And time and time again, we have felt led by God to read Isaiah 43 and Luke 5, which says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? No one pours new wine into old wineskins. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. And what really fascinates me about this first stirring in Ezra chapter 1 is that God's spirit first stirs up the king of Cyrus of Persia, So he's not even part of the Jewish nation. And that's significant because when God is on the move and when his spirit is stirring, he knows exactly which people and when to stir up, to pour into his vision and into his blessing. And when the king of... Yeah, we've got a round of applause from Jan. (laughs) So good. When the king of Persia felt that stirring, it inspired him to make this really awesome decree, which would just have been unheard of back then. So he proclaims this to his entire kingdom, which was absolutely massive, declaring that the God of heaven was on the move, he's leading his people to something new, and he decreed that all the locals that were living next to the Jewish people were to resource and bless them and pour in, This was huge. This was massive for the nation of Israel. This is really big stuff. And where we feel that God is leading us is huge and exciting and big stuff. And come on, are you on the journey? And then we see a second stirring of the Spirit. And it says in verse 5, the Spirit then stirred the family leaders and then the people in the entire nation were stirred to action, to go and rebuild, to go and step out and do this new thing for God's kingdom. So it wasn't just for the king. It wasn't just for the leaders. God knew that this stirring was for the masses. He was leading an entire nation and the spirit was moving. So I want to ask you, as we're in a phase of just letting it land, how much God is with us in this season for where we're going next. And as we consider next year, and as we start to think about our roles as part of that and as part of the church here in Bradford, 
What is God's spirit stirring in you? What is the spirit hovering over right now? And what are you going to do about it? And it's interesting to note that the spirit didn't stir in everyone. Some people were left behind and didn't go into the new. And I want to know if that would be you. And you might be sat here this morning or watching online and you haven't felt the spirit of God move in you for years. It's gone cold or you've forgotten it or you just haven't felt that connection to it. And maybe you're wondering why. Maybe you've longed for it, but you just haven't felt the spirit of God move in you for so long. But you want it. You desperately want it. Maybe you've even been baptized and said yes to Jesus, but you've never felt his Holy Spirit. And there'll be time for you over these next three weeks to really come for prayer. And we're going to pray that with you because God's Holy Spirit is given freely and we're all going to need it to lead in joy where we're going next. What part are you going to have to play as we step out to win the city of Bradford like we've never done before? So I mentioned that since January, we have, as a leadership team, been really praying and seeking God and pressing in. And one of the things that we've really been praying is for a release of God's fullness. Not just a bit, but the fullness of blessings that he has for us as a church. And the citizens of Persia are instructed to give gold and silver and animals and goods and all of that. And it really mirrors the journey of the Israelites out of Egypt, doesn't it? If anyone remembers that story. When God leads his people out of Egypt, again, the Egyptians pour in blessings and he gives them everything that they need for where they're going. And it couldn't be clearer that when God is leading his people on the move to the new, his desire is to give them everything they need to set them up. And when I read through Ezra and Nehemiah, you can see three waves of provision. The first comes as others outside of the nation, as we've just chatted about, pour in to the locals as they're on the move. They're instructed to pour into God's work. And we've seen that, haven't we? We've seen the UK government be stirred to give us that grant. We've seen other businesses pour in donations to help food bank raise money. We've seen other individuals fundraising that aren't even part of our church family because God has been stirring hearts to bless where he's going and where he's leading us. And it's honestly really amazing to see you can't ever plan for that. God's spirit just does it. And the second outpouring comes when the Jewish people, they get back to Jerusalem. When they can see a little bit more clearly where the building work is going to take place, they pour in what they call a free will offering. So this is after they've got there, they're about to start the building, they pour in a free will offering. And in old Jewish law, there were loads of different types of offerings with different um, specifications and all of that. You had to give certain things at certain times. But the free will offering is completely unique because there's no set guidelines around it. And one Jewish encyclopedia describes it this way. It's an offering presented from the impulse of the heart of the giver. 
meaning that their hearts were poured out for this work, for what God was doing, and their finances backed it up. And we've had an amazing wave of that too, haven't we? As we've all joined together to raise what we've needed for the deposit, we've come with our loaves and our fishes and whatever God has put on our heart, and we've done it, which is just amazing. And obviously, if you're still here and you're feeling like you want to be part of that, there is still time to give. And as a leadership team, we have prayed through and celebrated every single monumental outpouring of blessing. And I think we've had three leadership teams since we first, three leadership team meetings since we first raised the deposit. And each time we've had these really beautiful times of worship and prayer and thanking God. And it's really amazed me and it's been interesting because as we've joined together, we've always prayed more of what you're doing, God. More of what you're doing. So we've celebrated and we've gone more of what you're doing. And there's been this continued sense that as we seek the fullness of God's blessing, there is more to come. There is another outpouring to come. And on our hearts has been the bit of scripture in 2 Kings 4. And it's where Elisha meets a widow desperate for financial support before she has to sell her son. And Elisha instructs her to take a tiny bit of oil that she has in her house and go and run round the whole village and find empty jars and bring as many empty jars as you can. And it says, go round and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Go inside, shut the door behind you, you and your sons, pour oil into the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left Elisha and shut the door behind her. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. And only then he replied, there is not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. And we have been led to think about every single empty jar that we think we have as a church. And we've been prophetically walking in blessing and not burden this entire year. And the reality is that without raising the deposit in October, it would have felt like burden for us to think about, God, where is our home? And are we going to have to rent somewhere new every week? Are we going to have to move into a school? Or That would have felt like a hard burden. And without that amazing government grant refurbishing this space would have felt more like a burden than a blessing because we've got all these ideas and all this vision but God we just don't have the finances and the freedom in finances to act like it and now without an increase of regular giving and without us all bringing our skills and giftings and time and talents to the table the work that we have, the vision that we have for this church is going to feel like burden and actually it's going to be impossible. So we have some jars here that are covered in post-it notes and we're going to be looking and interacting with them a bit more over the next few weeks. But if you just want to come at the end of the service and just have a peek at the things that we're asking God for, you'll see that we are really stepping out in faith and going, come on God, pour in 
the fullness of what you have for this church. Are you getting excited? (laughs) It is such an exciting time for our church, right? It is honestly, I have never known anything like it in my short years of being in church in Bradford, but just amazing. The final thing that I want to touch on this morning are the verses in 12 and 13 of Ezra chapter 3. When the foundation was finally laid for the new temple, there was this split in the people and there was loads of rejoicing at the new outline, at the new plans and there was also some deep sadness and weeping from those older generations that remembered the former glory of the first temple, the previous structure. We might have a bit of that here And we're certainly not saying that as a leadership team, the new stuff that we're talking about, the new season next year is going to look like recklessly deciding that everything changes and it all looks different. We're not saying that at all. There is no need to be afraid or anxious about the new that we're stepping into. But what we are saying is that we are excited to rebuild with God. We are excited to step out and pioneer with God. We are excited to do some new things that we might never have tried before, like Richard Gamble is doing with his massive national prayer monument. And we're already chatting about what Friday night family church might look like and how we can resource our home churches better and our home church leaders and how we reach our communities and what does better discipleship look like and how can we go deeper with Jesus and release our church's giftings and all of those things. And there's this sense that if that leads to changing some of the exact structure or the exact outline of what things have been like before. We just want to explore that and go, God, we're going where your spirit is leading. It might look a little bit different, but God, we trust you. Would you lead us into the new? Because he is already resourcing us for things that we can't see yet and things that we haven't planned for. Are you ready to be a part of that? Are you ready to respond to how the Spirit is stirring you? This is the little Bible that I carry around, which the writing is absolutely (laughs) tiny. And I don't need glasses, but as soon as I do, I'm going to have to get a new Bible. (laughs) Um, But it's an ESV version, and the title uh, for, for chapter two in Ezra just says this. The exiles return. So the Spirit of God moved. God blessed them. The exiles returned. And when I read it, it sent shivers down my spine because of the powerful weight of potential and impact and power and kingdom come and rebuilding and pioneering and all that that can happen when God's people regather before they're about to step out. And Matt had this wonderfully wise sense in July and August. He's much wiser than I am. (laughs) I was ready with all our new ideas to be like, let's do them now. (laughs) And Matt's like, no, hang on a minute. I think God's saying, let's just regather as a family. And he was exactly right. And that is exactly what we've been doing. 
we are and have been regathering. But it's not regathering just to get used to doing church again. And it's not regathering just to have fun and friendship and feel comfortable. It's regathering so that we can rebuild and step out and go where God is leading and have an impact and reach the city and sharpen each other up and go to deeper levels in God to minister and grow to each other in ways that we've never done before so that we can all spend more time with Jesus so that we can all become more like Jesus. We can reach more people for Jesus and in every way we can learn what Jesus would do in our situations. The exiles return. And you could say that our church has been in exile over these last lockdown months. But now we have and we are returning. And the Spirit of God is stirring. So come on God, more of what you're doing here. Come and pour it out and meet with us. So over the next couple of weeks we're going to continue in Ezra and Nehemiah and just see the incredible impact they had when the Spirit of God stirred. We're going to invite the band to come back up and play a final song. We've covered a lot there this morning. God might have touched upon lots of different things and we're going to have some really key time of ministry, particularly in a couple of weeks' time. But I want to invite you, as we're worshipping together, if God has nudged you, then come forward for prayer. And I really felt that it was maybe for a couple of groups of people. So the first is that if you sense the Spirit of God stirring in you, and you want to come forward and pray that through, then let's do that. And the second is, if you haven't felt the Spirit of God stirring in you for a long time, if you haven't felt the Holy Spirit, if you've maybe never felt that before, then we'd love to pray that with you too. Because you are important to where we're going. And God knows all about you and what your life is like and how you hear from him and what he wants to say to you. He knows what your journey is like with him and he is a loving father ready to lead you as part of where we're going. Are you with us on the journey? What is the Spirit of God saying to you? So Father, as we bring all that to a close and as the band start to play, we thank you so much that your Holy Spirit leads and guides and nudges us. And you know every single person in this room you know their individual journeys. And God, you are poured out for them. You are poured out for us as a group of individuals, but as a church family on our way into the new that you have for us. Would you come and meet with us, God, as we worship you together? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, you made it to the end. That's even more encouraging. If you'd like to find out more about who we are, visit our website at thelightchurch.org.uk. We pray God's blessing on you now as you go into the rest of your day.